welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is show number 167. So thrilled to be back with you here on the program. Thrilled to have today's guest on, Alex Kajatani. Alex, uh, uh, California, California Teacher of the Year, author, speaker, uh, presenter, doing so many great things in the field of education. Can't wait to talk to Alex uh, and, and learn more about his story and uh, super pumped to have him on. Super excited to be a member of the Education Podcast Network, as well as Voice Ed Radio Canada. You can find this program as well as a lot of cool podcasts on both those stations. So please support them. And uh, before we get started, I do want to give a shout out to today's sponsor. That's Handy Cookies. So I just got my most recent package. I'll turn that here. Hands these cookies. And uh, here's what they look like. You know, we're going to send Alex a pack way out in California, but they, they're vacuum sealed and uh, they come in a pack here and they are literally half cookies. Okay. Um, and again, I want to be in shape this summer. I want to uh, get back out of this COVID shape, but it's important that you celebrate uh, some dessert every once in a while and use this discount code Marada15. And check them out at handsyscookie.com. Marada15 is the discount code. You will get a discount code. Uh, David is a friend of mine, him and his wife, Heather. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, I want to say mom and pop shop. You know, they got an uh, you know, awesome kitchen there uh, baking these cookies. So handsyscookies.com. You want to ship a gift to someone? I'm going to ship these out to Alex as a gift for, for being on the program. And uh, uh, look how they're going to come. They'll be fresh. You pop them in the oven. So whether it's Fourth of July, Father's Day, whatever it is, uh, you know Memorial Day weekend, you want to get these out. Uh, go ahead and do it. Hansiescookies.com. Discount code Marada15. Thank you to David uh, and his wife for sponsoring the show. All right, let's get to it. It is show number one sixty-seven. We are on uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend eve here, uh, and the opening concept for the show is success leaves clues, right? Look at the people in your life. Look at the people that are around you, the people that you've grown to know in your circle, right? What are the things that they do that they're being successful? And I look at Alex Gazzatani as someone that is just doing amazing things in education. He's doing it the right way. He's doing it authentic way. And he, he the way he writes, the way he speaks, I just, I love it. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know Alex more today. And certainly going to continue to follow his work. People want to help. And Alex is one of those helpers. You look at the work he's doing. You look at his TED Talks, right? So those people are out there. Might not be everybody you meet. Not, not everybody you meet uh, wants to help you, wants to share information, wants to give of themselves. But those people are out there, right? What does Mr. Rogers said? In times uh, of trouble, look for the helper. But Alex Kajitani is just one of the, the many helpers out there. So whether you're a school leader, whether you're an educator, a teacher, uh, you know, whatever your line of work is listening to this podcast or watching live uh, on YouTube or uh, Facebook, they're out there. And Alex is one of those people. And we're going to talk about some of the things that he's doing uh, in helping others because all the work that he is do, uh, has done and is continues to do is about helping other people. So Enough of me talking about Alex. Let's bring him into the show all the way from Southern California here on Education Leadership Beyond. And there he is, my friend Alex Kajitani. Alex, welcome to the program. 
What an honor it is to be with you. Thank you so much. And thanks for the work you're doing. And I am looking forward to those cookies. That is for sure. <laughs> Hands these cookies. We'll get them out there nice and fresh to Southern California for you, Alex. Excellent. Alex, uh, thank you so much. Uh, if you don't know who Alex Kajitani is, certainly his contact information uh, is scrolling across the bottom. But you can follow him on Twitter at Alex Kajitani. Uh, but he was the California Teacher of the Year in 2009. He's a speaker, he's an author, an amazing presenter. Alex, looking at your work, uh, and he's a mentor, right? He has been mentoring educators and speakers uh, uh, beyond, and, and really one of the most famous things is the, the rapping mathematician. So, uh, so many things to talk about, Alex. Yep, yep, but the guiltiest charge, but uh, <laughs> what, what can I say? You know, just, just like with our students, we'll do whatever it takes, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm on a mission really to keep teachers, help keep teachers motivated all year long, especially this year, you know, and, and going into next year. This the past year was a year like no other and uh, doesn't look like it's letting up anytime soon. So uh, whatever I can do to help inspire teachers, keep them motivated and keep them rolling so that they can be highly effective and love what they do. That's what I'm all about, whether it's through, you know, reading one of my books or watching a talk or coming in. Uh, inspiring and working with uh, your teachers during professional development. Uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm all in. You are all in and, and, you, and you're sharing that information, right? You're not just saying, hey, look at this, but you're sharing on how to do it. So I want to get started with one of the most recent things that you did. Uh, and I was so blessed to be a part, part of it. And, and there's a, uh, you know, a participant in it. But you, you led a speaker summit sharing tips and tricks and hacks with, uh, you know, speakers from around the country and you kicked it off, you know, tell me about that idea. Like, why did you want to do that uh, for, you know, where did that idea come from? Yeah. The education speaker summit, that was really a, an idea that I had with Tom Hirk, who's, you know, kind of a legendary uh, educator across the United States, but he's also uh, from Canada. And so, you know, one of the, one of the things that we hear all of the time that we hear quite often is, you know, oh, we, we hear teachers or we hear educators or even just the educational system kind of groaning and grumbling about professional development. You know, one need only to pick up the latest copy or, or read, you know, read the latest website of whatever to find, you know, well, is, is professional development effective? Is it a good use of time? I've always thought, you know, the problem is not professional development. The problem is bad professional development, right? We've all had we've all had the experience as educators of sitting, listening to a speaker who was brought in by the district or brought in by, you know, or, or we're at a conference or something and just thinking, you know, geez, this is really not the best use of my time or after they're done, you know, well, there's an hour and a half, I'll never get back. Uh, and so what the Speaker Summit really is, is it's an effort to not only professionalize the industry of professional development, but also to give the, the people who are delivering professional development, the speakers, the authors, the consultants, really great ideas on everything from how to market themselves to how to present in an effective and engaging way. And you know what's funny is we, we put together what would just turned out to be an amazing program for the day. And when we asked, when we asked the participants what the most valuable part of it all was, you know what it was? Meeting each other, networking with each other. And so 
you know, just as you said at the beginning, well, one of the things, the best things you can do is just surround yourself with great people. And so the Education Speaker Summit is really an opportunity to surround yourself with people who are doing the work, doing the hard work, doing the good work, but doing the important work and the work that needs to be done, to, that needs to get done in order to expand your influence, but at the same time, build your business. And so those are, you know, we don't want to shy away from talking about what we need to do to build our businesses, to be successful, but at the same time, really staying true to that core commitment of, you know, motivating teachers, giving them good strategies, and really helping to spread the message that so many of us know that we've been called to spread. Yeah, and it was such a great group of educators that happened and, and, and like, yeah, how to do it, right? The, the, the questions you answered, the, the topics that people got into, and Alex, you know, I really got to say, I appreciate it. You made it reachable for everyone. You didn't price it at $5,000 and, you know, you made it very affordable for someone who wants to be a better speaker and presenter to be part of it. So kudos to you, again, doing things the right way. Well, thanks. And we're certainly hoping to have you as a speaker next year. And, you know, if anybody wants to check it out, if you just go to educationspeakerssummit.com, speakers with an S, educationspeakerssummit.com, you can sign up, get on the list. We'll let you know as soon as we open up registration for next year. Last year's event actually sold out. So, um, you know, anyone listening, feel free to get on that list and we'll just let you know when things open up. Yeah, definitely will recommend that. And, uh, Alex, I'd be happy to promote that for you as well on the show because it was so useful, uh, and I agree with you, right? People don't Good. don't knock PD; they knock bad PD. Um, but speaking of PD, you, you've been a lifelong uh, professional developer, mostly of kids. Right now, of the adults, you you know, you were the rapping mathematician, the California Teacher of the Year. Tell us about your your teaching journey, Alex. Yeah, not not something that I ever set out to be, that's for sure, when it comes to the rap and mathematician. But it was actually started my very first year of teaching. I was a new teacher. You know, I had my fancy master's degree and all of my certifications and credentials. And I walked into my first middle school math classroom uh, and I couldn't get them to sit still in their seats. I couldn't get them to seem to pay attention. I certainly couldn't get them to remember, you know, the math rule that it felt like I just taught them five minutes ago. But what I realized is, a rap song would come out on Monday and by Tuesday they seemed to have every single word memorized. And so I thought, okay, I got to play on this strength. Right. And so one day we were studying adding and subtracting decimals. I wrote a rap song called the itty bitty dot about the decimal point. I will admit I practiced all night in front of my mirror and I thought I am so going to be the man when I come into school tomorrow. Anybody listening probably already knows how this story turns out. Let's just say I was not the man, but uh, I got everything ready the next day. The students came in. I busted out the itty-bitty dot. Now what in the world is that itty-bitty dot? Yo, I just can't remember, and it's making me distraught. Just light up the dot and give it all you got. And I got completely laughed at, right? the student. I, I had one student. He was laughing so hard. He was clutching his stomach and shaking. He actually fell out of his chair, hit his head on the carpet. I had to send him to the nurse for an ice pack. And so I thought, okay, that was a disaster. You know, never mind. But then I was walking to the teacher's lounge for lunch later. I walked by the student lunch tables. They were all singing the itty bitty dot. And the next day, something which had never happened to me happened. They, they actually were excited to come into my class. I think for the first time ever, they ran into my class with the same amount of energy that they ran out of my class with. And, you know, at the end of the week, their test scores shot through the roof. And so 
I like to say I've been math rapping ever since. And so the students actually came to me and said, hey, Mr. Kajitani, you know, you need a name. You need more songs. They said, uh, hey, you're actually a pretty good rapper, but your dance moves really suck. We can help with that as well. And so we ended up making videos about the rap and mathematician songs. Well, one of the, the itty bitty dot has received over a quarter of a million views on YouTube. And I think along with all of the rap and math videos my students have made, have gotten like almost a million views and are now being used in homes and classrooms all over the world to engage kids and make math cool. And so, you know, I really owe it to the students and following their lead. And, and you know, you know what I say it is, is it's really the key is to connecting with our students is to stop trying to take the curriculum and forcing it into their lives and instead take their lives and see where it fits into the curriculum. And when we wow. pay attention to what our students are passionate about, connect it with what we can do. You know, I'm I'm a I'm not a rapper who teaches, right? I'm a teacher who raps. So, you know, please go gentle on me if you ever see one of the videos. But uh, you know, it's just being able to to connect our students' lives and what's important to them to the standards that we're teaching. And now it's got the real world relevance, the cultural significance, and the motivation is already built in. That's the key I found a good teacher. What an amazing story, and I certainly encourage you to watch uh, Alex's TED Talk. We're going to get into the into that, but making math cool. Um, Alex, the stuff you're doing, you make it look easy. Like when you speak, you're so natural. And like, how, how did you come up with the rap? Like how, how do you, did you, is that something you did as a kid, making rhymes, or how did you do it? Yeah, it's not easy, but it's not as hard as you would think. Uh, fortune, the, in the, the nice thing is there are a lot of apps these days. You know, you can hit a button, speak into a speak into your phone, hit a button again, and it turns everything you say into a rap song. Uh, so you know, a lot of cool apps that make it very easy. I also use a um, I use a website. This is a great website for teachers. It's called RhymeZone.com. R H Y M Z O N E dot com. It's one of the best vocabulary and literacy building tools that you'll ever find too, because you put in any word, select fine rhymes, it, it's an online rhyming dictionary, right? So wow. it comes back to you with every word that rhymes with it in the English language. It's really great for our second, our English learners as well, because yeah. you put in a word like fraction, here come all these words separated by syllables that rhyme with fraction, and the kids wanna know, what does this word mean? What does this word mean? So they click on the word, you get the definitions, synonyms, antonyms, like I said, it's. A learning tool as well. Of course, I teach middle school, right? So what's the first thing my students want to know? Let's see if all the cuss words work. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. So you've been warned. You've been warned. But you know, you you take take a word that you want to make a rap about, put it in, try it out, and, and you'll be surprised at how actually easy it is. Now, the hard part is getting up in front of your students and getting it done, right? Doing it in front of them. But uh, I'll tell you what, I got laughed at and laughed at and laughed at, but at the end of the day, they remembered those raps. I still have students from years later who will say to me, oh, Mr. Kajitani, somebody will say something, it'll trigger a memory and I'll sing the entire song. And so, you know, it's, again, it's sometimes we've got to put our own ego aside in order to uh, do what it takes for the students to learn. But you know what we find is when the students learn, that gets our ego right right back in, in, into being intact and where it needs to be because we know we're doing great work. Yeah, and I love that part of the story, right? You you kind of felt embarrassed. They were laughing at you, but then they were singing it at lunch the next day, and, like, you created a spark, and you, 
and you're still running with it. Uh, yeah. You know, true true story. Actually, we had an award ceremony here last night, and one of the people wrapped their award that they gave, and and I, oh my god! So I sent uh, our staff members that were there. You know, your wrap there. Uh, but you're right. It does make people uh, want to be part of it. And, and kudos to you for doing that. When did you then turn this into writing, Alex? You know, you, you, you made this splash with that. It took off. When did you decide to put pen to paper and say, let me let me write some of these techniques down to, to help teachers? Yeah. You know what happened is I started. Um, well, I will I will say. So one of the parents came to me and said, hey, Mr. Kajitani, my son loves your class. He comes home talking about the things that you're doing in math class. Uh, I'm the head of the PTA. Why don't you come and present some of your ideas to our district PTA? So I said, oh, that sounds great. You know, I'd never really spoken to a crowd before. I was very nervous, but I put together all of my best strategies and put together a nice, you know, half hour long talk. And, you know, the PTA meeting started at seven o'clock at night. So I stayed at school, you know, all afternoon. I went into the PTA meeting at the district office there were three people in the entire room, right? One of them, one of them was the parent. One of them was the parent who had brought me in. One of them was the custodian who was there. Uh, and then, but one of them was our superintendent who by contract had to be at all of the PTA meetings. God. So I thought, okay, here's this big room. I'm up on the podium. I mean, seats as far as I could see that were empty. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. And so I gave my talk. Uh, and thought, okay, well, that was, you know, who knows how that landed. And the superintendent came up to me later at the end of the night, and she said, hey, that was a great talk. We need to get you a bigger crowd. Why yeah. don't you come give that exact same speech at the board meeting? And from there, the crowds grew and grew and grew, and um, local news programs, you know, they're always looking. They love doing news programs for about teachers and things like that. So they started coming in, doing stories about this rap and math teacher, and then one day, Katie Couric uh, on the CBS Evening News called, and they said, hey, we'd love to, we've, we've, you know, we own one of the stations that did a small story on you. Can we come in and do a story? And so they did, uh, they, they closed their, the CBS Evening News one night many years ago with a story about the rap and mathematician. And from there, you know, it, things just kind of blew up. And I was, it's funny, to this day, I'll still walk through an airport and someone will say, hey, I know you, you're the, you're that rap and math teacher. And so started getting invitations to speak at conferences, things like that, mostly was just talking about math. And then people would come up to me and say, you know, the, the stuff that you're talking about is not math specific. What you're really talking about are good engagement strategies. What you're really talking about are how to connect with students, how to, you know, how to build literacy and things like that. And so I started presenting at conferences and started writing articles and things like that. And then um, just started to realize, hey, you know, I can, I can start to put all of these ideas into a book. And so, so I published a, a book called Owning It, um, and that has done really, really well. I'd hold up a copy, but I just sold out of the last one. Uh, I, just, I just, sent, just sent the last one out in my stash. But, um, and that, you know, I really, I, I think when you're writing, paying attention to voice is really, really important. And so it's very important to me to write exactly like I speak, right? very authentically, very real, you know, maybe a little scrappy at times. I, you know, I, I, I hope I'm a pretty smart guy, but I wouldn't say I'm a super academic guy. So I'm not talking about a lot of theory, things like that. Just talking about really common sense things, you know, with, with a fun creative twist on them, which is exactly how I write. And so 
owning it's done really well. It's being used by uh, teachers all across the country. It was named recommended reading by the U.S. Department of Education a couple of years ago. Uh, and then I had the opportunity also to write a book for Chicken Soup for the Soul uh, about, you know, insp called Inspiration for Teachers. And if you're familiar with the Chicken Soup uh, book series, that's really 101 stories that, you know, so it's 101 stories that really are meant to keep teachers uh, inspired throughout the year. And I'll tell you, you read some of these stories. I didn't write them all. I, didn't, I only wrote one of them, but it's a collection of stories. Yeah. I mean, you will laugh, you will cry, good tears. And I actually had a, a teacher say that uh, he was getting ready to quit teaching a couple of years ago, and he bought a copy of the book. He read a few stories each night, and he got so inspired that not only did he stay on for two more years and continue teaching, he's now writing his own books. And so, wow. you know, as educators, like, that's what keeps us going, right? It's, it's the stories that we tell. It's those times when students come back to us and say, hey, thanks for that. You made a huge difference in my life. And, and it is the stories that, you know, the good, the bad, the stories that are, you know, horrific as well, and sometimes laugh out loud funny, but it's the stories that, that we experience and tell that live on. And, you know, I, what I've always said as an educator too, is, you know, money runs out, machines fall apart, and even beauty fades. I know that's hard for you to believe, Andrew, that <laughs> your beauty might fade someday, but the only thing that really ever lasts are the ideas that we share. And so when we share an idea with a student and they use that idea to be part of their, to, to improve their life, when we share ideas with teachers and they then take those ideas and share them with their colleagues or with their students, that's when we live forever, you know? And so people ask me all the time, why do you teach? I say, it's because I want to live forever. And that's really, when we share our ideas, that's the only true chance we have at living forever. Everything else fades and falls apart. Well, you're saying it perfectly here, Alex, and you're talking about telling your story, sharing your ideas. You're doing that in so many ways. But here's one of the things that I, I saw people said about you. A mix of charismatic and mellow, quick-witted and sincere. Alex always says his core of success comes from building relationships with the people he works with and speaks to. You know, you're, you're a master storyteller, and it is that perfect mix of charisma, humor, mellowness. You know, you're, you're not too much, right? Some people say a lot of Marada, like I'm too much, right? I mean, I'm in fifth year, but it, it really is a nice combination. And they come out in your TED Talks, and you, and you touched on the math one. And then you had one on race that is just, I mean, really so powerful and, and telling. It was in 2014, I think. But, but that should be recommended watching here in 2021 for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think, um, I, I, I think you know, I am from Southern California. I'm a lifelong surfer, so I have been accused of being uh, very mellow at times. Um, but that's okay. You know, I, I think there are times when, you know, we get passionate about things and we, step, we, you know, sort of step up our energy level and we talk about it. There are times when we just need to bring it down and be mellow. And I think really, though, the key is to just be authentic about who you are, the way that you're feeling, you know, and, and the message that you really want to to, to put across. I, I will tell you that I, I'm glad you, I, th I thank you for saying that about my ability to build relationships because, you know, at the heart of it all is, you know, really the key to every relationship that we want to build is, you know, three words, which is, which are take the time, right? There is no substitute for just taking the time to, 
to build that relationship. Now, it doesn't necessarily need to be time that we spend in person in the same room with somebody. It can be online, but we've got to spend some live time with somebody, you know, you know in we've, some live time with somebody in order to really build that relationship. The other key component I say to, to building relationship, which is relationships, which is the same thing I tell my students when they go in for a job interview is be interested and be interesting, right? We've all had the unfortunate experience of being in a relationship with somebody who we're, we're very interested in them, but they're not so interested in us. Or maybe they've been interested in us, but we're not so interested in them. Never really works for building a strong relationship, but we've got to give and take equally, right? We've got to be able to be really, really interested in the person that we're in a relationship with or building a relationship with. But at the same time, you know, we've got to be interesting enough and give of them, give to them enough of ourselves so that they can stay interested. And so when we balance those two things, right, we're not the person who's talking all the time and not listening, but we don't want to be the person who's listening all the time and, and not talking. A real relationship and a, a strong, a, really building a strong relationship consists of giving just as much as, as, as we're getting, you know, when it comes to that exchange of information. And so, like I said, at the core of it all is just being real, being yourself, but taking the time. You know, next time you think about somebody and you think, oh, I should call that person, just pick up the phone and call them. Next time yeah. you think, oh, I should drop them an email and let them see how they're doing, just actually take the time to do it. What you'll see is that uh, the relationship builds exponentially from there. I love it, Alex, and you're you're 100% on. I mean, here's Healy's, uh, here's Holly Corturier from, from Maine telling me from Pennsylvania, you got to meet my friend Alex from California. Yep. And I'm asking myself, how is Holly from Maine friends with Alex from California? But now it's easy to tell why. Uh, Alex, I find this very interesting. You talk about being interesting. You know, you are a Japanese-American married to a Jewish woman and you're named after an African-American and you speak Spanish and taught mostly Latino student, students yeah. in Southern California. I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty... Oh, I was going to say it's pretty... So so my, mo my mom is Jewish. My dad is Japanese. And so they, they met and they, you know, they got pregnant with me. And uh, so they were living in a small apartment in San Francisco when they were pregnant with me. And they were living next to a, a, an emerging, still fairly unknown writer named Alex Haley. Alex Haley would, of course, go on to write Roots, one of the best-selling books and miniseries of all time. And so when my mom's water broke, they were rushing off to the hospital. They were coming down the stairs. Alex Haley was coming up the stairs. And he helped them into the car and said, oh, I hope everything goes well uh, at the hospital. And my mom turned to my dad and said, hey, let's name our kid Alex. And you know, my dad, knowing never to argue with a pregnant woman in labor, said, okay. And so they, they named me Alex, and people have been, you know, calling me Alex ever since. But, of course, you know, like you said, it also means growing up in Southern California, I speak Spanish. My dad never taught me any Japanese. So I am a Jewish-Japanese-American named after an African-American who speaks no Japanese but speaks Spanish. So when it comes to issues of race and ethnicity— I was all over the place. And so, yeah. you know, when I got to college, it really became something that I began to identify with really studying about ethnicity and, and learning about my own and then thinking about how, how can, as educators, 
how can we talk about issues of race, especially now, right? How can we talk about it without, you know, so many people in the room going, you know, putting up the wall and saying, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about this or, you know, I'm not comfortable talking about this or refusing to talk about it while other people think it's, you know, to them something that's one of the most critical issues facing our country right now as we're looking at, you know, social justice issues that are, you know, rocking, you know, not only the country, but local neighborhoods as well. Uh, and so it's it's a conversation that is not an easy conversation, but a conversation that as a country, as a, as a planet, you know, as a humanity. Oh, we just lost him. I hope he comes back. Alex, he was doing a great job. <laughs> I hope he'll be right back on here. We just lost him on the internet here. Well, I'm going to pick up where Alex left off here and we'll keep the show going. Alex says in his TED talk here, talking about race and ethnicity is not racism. Talking badly and treating people poorly because of their race is racism. And I think that's such a powerful line. Uh, and good, here he's coming back here. Way to jump back on, Alex. There we go. All right, we lost you for a second. Uh, and Alex, when you jumped off, thanks for jumping back on. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, hey, this is the this is being live, right? It's like when you're on stage right. and your mic doesn't it. work. <laughs> this is this is live theater right here, huh? <laughs> um, but Alex, I was sharing a line from the TED Talk on race, right? And I love this line about talking about race and ethnicity is not racism. Talking badly and treating people poorly because of their racism. I mean, that is it in a nutshell. And we do need to continue the conversation. Uh, and it's not bad to talk about it. I love, I love it. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I really started to think about that when I walked into the teacher's lounge one morning and there was a, a teacher who taught down the hall from me and um, she was sort of very distraught. I said, you know, hey, what's, what's going on? She said, you know, I, I started to tell a story about one of my neighbors and I described him as a very friendly, tall black man. And when I right when I said that, some of my student, one of my students said, "That's racism." She's a white, you know, white white teacher, and she uh, one of the students said, "That's racism." Uh, and so she said she got very flustered. She didn't know what to do, so she just shut the conversation down because you know, no, you know, she she didn't want to be accused of, you know, of being racist, and she didn't know where to go from there. So she just you know sort of shut down the story and and went back to the curriculum. Had she been able to say, "Hey, you know," Talking about race is not racism. Acting badly towards someone because of their race or ethnicity is racism. Uh, she could have confidently and, and even gently uh, continued to lean into that conversation. Uh, and it's, it is, it, it's a, you know, sometimes it's a fine line. Sometimes it, 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 can, it can be a little tricky. But when, when, when anyone is able to really separate, okay, wait a minute. There is a difference between the way that I'm acting, the way that I'm behaving, uh, and my intentions, and just being able to bring up issues about race and ethnicity. Then it can, you know, make a real difference. What I found, what a lot of teachers have found, students want to talk about this stuff. They want to relate their own experiences. They want to talk about, you know, they want to talk about, you know, everything that is happening in the country with Black Lives Matter and and uh, you know. George Floyd and, and all of the things that are happening, they want to explore these things. And a lot of times it's actually us as adults and our 
lack of comfort with these issues that actually shuts the conversation down. Yeah, such a great point. Alex, you know, just talking to you for this, this few minutes here, you, 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 this is a great example of the power of a single experience. You have had these moments, you know, that comment with that teacher in the faculty room really changed it. And you've taken these moments and, and made them such teaching points that others can learn from by telling these stories. Uh, you know, from the story of how you got your name, from the story of how you made the rap. Uh, and it's amazing. And, and you are an example of the power of a single experience. When these things are happening to you, how, how do you, you know, do you, do you say in the moment, like, oh my God, that, you know, or you think about them? What, what makes you take these moments and turn them into these amazing teaching points? Yeah, that is a great question. You know, and you, I, you may be able to attest to this, you know, being a writer yourself. Sometimes as writers, we are writing in our heads as we as the experience is happening live right mm. and so it, it is a it is a way what some sometimes people who write it is a way of making sense of the world right mm. as something's happening you're almost writing it in your head and describing it it allows us to put it in perspective immediately it allows us to maybe not get offended or to step outside and kind of see it as it is, not necessarily as we are. And honestly, sometimes though, we just react, we do, we be who, you know, we, we just react as we are, and then we think about it later and, and put it into perspective. And one of the mistakes I think people make with stories is thinking that their stories have to be these epic tales of the time they climbed, you know, hiked Mount Kilimanjaro, or they pulled somebody from a burning car. Those are great stories. But the real stories that, that sometimes touch our hearts are the ones that are relatable. They are yes. the ones that are authentic. They are the ones that make us go, oh, that happened to me once too, but I saw it totally differently, right? Those, they are the ones that, that really pull on our own heart, that tug at our own heartstrings. And that's be, not because it's an epic story that's so amazing and so incredible. It's because something that we can, it's something that we can relate to, you know, deep down inside. And so... I always encourage educators to think about the stories, not the epic stories, not the amazing stories, not the stories where you're the hero and you did everything right. Think about the stories that made you cry. Think about the stories where you totally messed up. Think about the stories where your students are the heroes and start to tell those stories. Start to think about those stories. Start to share those stories. Now, once you tell a story many, many times, Gets, you know, you, you smooth things out, you start to tell them a little bit better. But, you know, all of us, since, since we, you know, we could first talk and, and listen, probably love stories. I watch my own kids, you know, uh, tell me this story again for the hundredth time. Every time we hear a story, what we're doing is we're making sense of the world. We're gaining perspective and uh, we're understanding something on a much deeper level. So take those stories that, uh, you know, are everyday stories and sometimes they can be truly extraordinary for somebody listening. Yeah, and you've done that. You've put them into video. You put them into the TED Talk and helping people with math, helping people be better teachers, build relationships. And now you're helping those who even, uh, you know, want to do what you're doing in terms of speaking. So kudos to you, Alex. You're, you're a true leader. Um, and, and now I've got a story about being on Andrew Murata's podcast. <laughs> now, now I truly have done it all. 
<laughs> uh, and Alice, the humor. Who? Where'd you get your sense of humor too? I love the story uh, where you said that the girl invited you to uh, join the Japanese uh, culture group in college in Colorado, and you said that she was hot. <laughs> where do you get your sense of humor? Uh, I gotta, I gotta give that one to kind of a combination of my mom and dad on that. I think yeah. uh, you know, it's just. Uh, I've just I've always loved a good joke. I've always loved telling a joke. Uh, and I've just always, uh, you know, just being being able to be funny is just something that I've I've always loved and always just kind of paid attention to, whether it's laughing myself or getting other people to laugh. I think it's just one of the uh, I think it's one of the true, true delights and pleasures and honors in this world of when we can make somebody else laugh. Yeah. And, and, and the bravery to go out there and make those yeah. videos. Uh, Alex, I could talk to you all night. Uh, I Likewise. really could. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's get back to our teachers here. And, uh, you know, I, you've done so much to help teachers. People are bracing for impact when we return in September, right? Schools are getting ready to end now. We go a little longer here in the East Coast. You know, but what would you say, uh, not only to the teachers, Right. There's one thing that all, what would you offer advice to the teachers? But more importantly, on a greater level, how can we as school leaders support those teachers? What should the leaders be looking to do as well? So I know that's a two big part question there, but what would you offer there? Yeah, that's a great question. I think when it comes from teacher to student, right, how teachers can best support their students. You know, the one thing that we always knew is still the one thing that uh, that we're going to need to know going forward, and that is that relationships rule, right? Relationships rule and relationships still rule. And again, the number one key to building relationships, take the time. We Some of us haven't seen our students for over a year, right? Some of us, may, in, in terms of in-person, right? And some, some of our students are, you know, very nervous about coming back to school. Some of them have absolutely thrived during uh, distance learning. Some of them haven't, right? And so just not, just realizing, okay, you know, maybe we haven't covered a whole lot of the, the curriculum that we've covered in previous years, but I've got to take the time to know my students, to allow them to know that I care. You know, I heard a great definition of equity recently, and mm. that is that equity uh, equity is is really um, it was equity is reducing the predictability of who succeeds and who fails. Right. Ooh. Let me say that again. Equity is reducing the predictability of who succeeds and who fails. It was said by uh, Lavelle Brown from uh, he's a superintendent of in Ithaca, New York. And so oh, yeah. what when what is the best way to reduce that predictability? Get to know our students take the time, right? When we take the time to get to know our students, when we take the time to get to understand our students and, and to know a little bit about them, that is the first and most critical step toward seeing them, helping them, empowering them, and reducing that predictability. When it comes to administrators supporting teachers, I think we've talked a whole lot about self-care. You know what, I actually, I was working with some teachers the other day that the topic of self-care came up and they said, you know what, we're so busy, we don't have time for self-care, right? What we do not want is for self-care to be one more thing that you're supposed <laughs> to do. Right? What we want instead is to move 
away not not to self-care but to caring for each other right mm. when we care for each other that's when you know when we surround ourselves with good people when we surround ourselves with people that we trust with people that we can lean on when we can celebrate together when we can cry together when we can grieve together when we care for each other that's what's going to get us through this year next year all the years to come it's really coming together and again moving not i mean nothing's wrong with self-care self-care is fantastic but evolving from self-care to caring for each other if there's one thing we've all learned over the past year and a half it's that we're all in this together so let's stay in it together yeah awesome and again alex you're doing that by sharing the gifts that you have the storytelling and uh uh, you know, even what you said about uh, the story you just told there, I don't know. It's it's really what you're doing is exceptional. Alex, we're going to get to rapid fire uh, to bring us home here in the, in the podcast. But is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to share? Is there a message out there uh, that, that, that we didn't talk about uh, for the parents or educators that, that watch the show? I will say that uh, one of the missions that I'm on now is uh, I want to have, especially after teaching math for so many years, I want to I want to help every kid master their times tables so that they can be confident in math. So I did start the wildly popular program multiplicationnation.com. And so if anybody out there is listening and they know a student or a class or a school full of students that needs help uh, mastering their times tables, uh, I like I said I have I truly believe it is the one make it or break it skill that if students could master their times tables they would greatly increase their ability to do math and be confident in math. So check it out. You can try it out totally for free. You can get it for, like I said, one kid. We've got an entire school district in New Mexico that's using it this summer uh, to get their students rocking those times tables. And um, it's not, you know, it's I've, I've put my, my heart and soul into it. And like I said, that's I'm on a mission. I will not stop until every kid masters their times tables. So if you if it interests you feel free to check out multiplicationnation.com and i'd love to hear what everybody thinks and of course it rhymes yeah of course <laughs> of course i like that little rhyming website i didn't know about that me and my it's college buddies yeah. uh, little secret we used to you know make up lyrics to beatles songs which yep. uh, i'm sure you know are easy to rhyme <laughs> oh yeah check it out yeah. cool well multiplicationnation.com Alex, here we go, rapid fire. It'll bring All home right. our podcast here. Are you ready? Let's do this. Here we go. Last book you read? Uh, that would be Give and Take by Adam Grant. Put it on your summer reading list. Really good. Okay, Give and Take. Uh, last movie you saw? Ooh, well, I do have two young kids, so I was blown away by, uh, I think it was called Raya and the Last Dragon, a Disney Ooh, movie, but uh, yeah. I, I so that was phenomenal. But I have to say, um, what I'm really, really into right now is watching the uh, the Hulu series The Handmaid's Tale. So I know anybody out there who watches The Handmaid's Tale just said, "Oh yes!" So uh, that's a, that's a pretty intense one that I highly recommend. Not okay. for the faint of heart, not for the faint of heart, though. That's for sure. Okay, uh, Alex, you've traveled all over the place, around the globe. Uh, pre uh, preaching, you know, working and uh, storytelling and, and speaking, uh, you know, well, you have some favorite places you like to travel? Well, I am a surfer. Uh, and so anywhere, anywhere with waves, uh, I, I truly uh, think is fantastic. So uh, I'll just, uh, I don't know, sur surfers would not appreciate me giving away any spots that they love. So <laughs> I'll just say 
anywhere with waves, but uh, I'll tell you one place that blew my mind that um, that does not have waves was Cambodia and visiting the temples of Angkor in Cambodia. Mm. So if anyone ever has a chance or has had a chance to visit Angkor Wat and the temples of Angkor in Cambodia, it's uh, absolutely life-changing. You'll never be the same after a visit there. Wow. I like that. Okay. Did you go in the water when you were in Maine? I did not go in the water because I was working the entire time. However, when I was in Portland, Maine, I did visit their local surf shop and struck up a conversation with some of the workers in there. So uh, surfers, surfers anywhere in the world have a, a can always find each other. So definitely, I'd love to get back there and, and check it out sometime. Your favorite music? Oh, I'm a pretty mellow guy, so I like a lot of a lot of Bob Marley and reggae and Jack Johnson and. Uh, Anyone, anyone with a guitar and a mellow voice is uh, definitely someone I'm going to check out. Love it. Being teacher of the year was fill out fill in the blank. Oh, geez, it it was equal parts humbling and empowering. Yeah, and you've done so much with it, right? It's not just a trophy on your wall. You have celebrated it, and, and not in a look at me fashion, but like even the. Your, your the other book about basically the, the teacher of the year checklist. What what's the name? Uh, teacher. It's the, the teacher of the year handbook. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love your yeah. concept of like here's how you do it. Yeah, it's really a book on teacher leadership and how to build a platform, um, and also at the same time how to really you know embrace uh, the work that we're doing. I truly believe that if you're doing something amazing in education you actually have an obligation yeah. to share it with others and so clearly andrew you're doing that with uh with this show awesome alex you shared a lot of uh you know things passionate that you're about and you're working on what's something that gets under your skin what's something that bothers you something that bothers me that geez that's a good one um you know i i think i think it's um one other thing I, I, I think it's uh, it's just really not considering that there are more perspectives than just yours. Mm. I think obviously we've got a country that is divided, uh, you know, that has been divided for a while, but most certainly has been divided over the last four years. And, you know, it's, it's like, are we going to stay with our in our bubble and only see things the way that we see things? Or are we able to step out and really maybe not see the entire picture, but at least be able to acknowledge that there are several viewpoints. Uh, Susan Scott, in her wonderful book, Fierce Conversations, has the analogy of, of the truth really being like a beach ball, right? There's a lot of different sides to the beach ball. This, you know, it's constantly spinning. You're constantly seeing it from different perspectives. And so, you know, when one when someone has a tendency to only see something one way from one angle from one side, I I think to myself, ah, there there's a real missed opportunity there. I'm that's saying that. Awesome, yeah, that's an awesome quote, though. Truth is like a beach ball. That's really uh, that's really true. That's great. Um, great answer, by the way. Uh, on Saturday morning at 8 a.m., I feel fill in the blank. Oh uh, well, once again, I'm a surfer, so I feel uh, ready. Ready to paddle out. Nice. Are the kids old enough? How old are your children, by the way? 12 and 15. Okay. Are they surfing? Uh, yep. Yep. They're starting starting to learn. Or they're, they're sort of, you know, still in the beginning stages, but uh, that's okay. I'm trying to relish it because I know someday I'm going to 
hear someone yell, hey, get off my wave, and I'm going to turn around, and it's going to be my own kid. So still, still relishing the fact that uh, I can uh, out-paddle them. California, like New York, a lot of sports teams here. You know, give me your favorite uh, California sports team. Well, I grew up watching the uh, Angels uh, baseball team, so uh, I gotta say, uh, um, Angels were a part, a big, a, an inextricable part of my youth. Yeah, and again, you, uh, the story. I just uh, again the story. You told the story of when you went to your first game when you were twelve, and That's your right. dad and the guy yeah. cut you know, cut him off, and he and he made a racial term at you, and uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, how you use those, the power of a single yeah. experience, Alex. Amazing. Uh, biggest myth about California culture. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw down some real education here. Are you ready? Oh, we're ready, man. I, I want it closely. In my experience, I can't speak for everybody, but I can say, and I'm pretty confident on this one. Nobody who lives in California calls it Cali. It's only people outside of California, at least Southern California, who call it Cali. So. When you come to California, when you refer to California, if you really want to get that local respect, don't call it Cali. Just call <laughs> it California. I'm telling you, the biggest tip I can share with you. <laughs> okay. I'm like that down. Best purchase under $100 that has had a great impact on your life. Oh, you know what I did? And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older in my years. You know what I did for the first time a few months ago? I invested in my first hundred dollar pair of sunglasses Ooh. i've always sort of oh if they drop no big deal i might lose them anyway if they scratch you know but i i i, I threw down the money i got a really good pair of sunglasses and i have to tell you every time i put them on i go oh i had no idea the world could look this way and so if you know you're protecting your eyes which you know, i've always had that challenges with my eyesight so Protect your eyes, invest in a good pair of sunglasses. Not only do I end up taking care of them more, but it really like you put these things on and um, you just, it really, really makes a difference. So uh, try investing in a good pair of glasses and it's, it's, you know, it's not a waste of money at all. It's really an investment in yourself. And, uh, you know, there's all the ways the world looks at us, but here's a great way to change the way that you, or to improve and enhance the way that you see the world. Okay. Well, we had the wrong sponsor then for the show. Not a knock on handsies, but I want to show you another sponsor, a friend of mine. You're a water guy, Alex. These are Rio sunglasses. They float in the water. Interesting. Awesome. Rio's, Rio'sgear.com. Maybe we'll connect afterwards and I'll put you in touch with them. Wow. Uh, Excellent. But yeah. I, maybe, yeah. I, we, we didn't cue it up right, but we're still sending you the handsies. <laughs> um, Alex, what's something about you? Uh, something about Alex Kajitani that people do not know about. Something that they that they do not know about. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, I actually, I don't know if this will come as a big surprise, but I love burritos. I would, if it were the last meal of my life, I would order a burrito from the local taco shop. So. When it's uh, it's funny, I've over you know over my many years, I've gone to many fancy dinners, got you know expensive restaurants, things like that, and you know as nice as they are, nothing makes me happier than just going <laughs> to the local coffee shop, grabbing a burrito. So uh, if I if and when I come visit Andrew, bypass the whole fancy place and let's just go grab a burrito. Burritos, okay. See, that's something that people didn't know about. I love it, Alex. 
Uh, Alex, you got a lot of things happening, you know, a lot of things going on in the books, the speaking. Like, what's next for you? You know, just going to keep doing keep doing what I'm doing. I've got a new book coming out uh, toward the end of this year. It's called uh, 101 Tips for Teaching Online. So Ooh. I really, over the past year, have um, really been fortunate to speak with teachers and students and do the research on what really makes for effective online teaching. I really have come to know and, and see what a lot of us know, which is that the future is hybrid. You know, we are not going back to the in-person only, uh, but it's going to be some combination. And so, you know, instead of trying to, you know, instead of you really saying, okay, how do we take the old reality and just put it online? Yeah. What, can we do to what can we do to create a new reality that creates, you know, a new direction forward? that is in the best interest of teachers and students. So I'm super excited about that book. It's coming out at the end of the year and really have, you know, lean, really have leaned into what makes a good virtual experience, a good virtual event. Uh, Tom here and I are going to be doing a lot more events and things like that online, uh, which I think a lot of schools and teachers and districts have found is often the way to go. Maybe not always, but often. Uh, and so we're living in a hybrid world. The future is hybrid. So I'm excited to see the direction that we go in now that, you know, now that teaching online will become for many of us an option again, as opposed to something we were forced to do during a pandemic shutdown. Sure. Awesome point there. And uh, that's great. That book will help many just like the work you're doing. Alex, why don't you end this with a quote? You really had a, a bunch here, but is there one that's a favorite for you that, that you want to share to close the show? Uh, you know what's interesting? I just I just wrote the how weird I just wrote this quote down mm. and was so uh, so meaningful to me. I wrote it down and have it on a sticky next to my desk, which is where I get a lot of my wisdom from. Right here's something I know: if I don't write this down, it's going to be lost. And so if it if it makes it onto a yellow post-it note, I I know it's really good. But it was said by Anne Voskamp, who says, "Full attention slows the current." I'll say that one more time. Full attention slows the current. We are we are living in you know what many theorists call the you know the age of accelerating change, where everything is changing so quickly all around us all the time. Everything from social media to you know just stepping outside your door, and the world is whizzing and buzzing around us. But when we stop and give someone or something or an idea, our full attention, it slows the current and often everything becomes very, very clear. Full attention slows the current. I love it. You gave us your full attention. Uh, this was certainly a full show. And uh, Alex Kajitani, uh, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm inspired. Uh, I, I'm more energized now, certainly, than when before the show. So uh, his contact information is here. Alex, is that the best way to, to get in touch with you, either on yeah. Twitter or your website? Yeah, feel free to email me. It's, everything's at my, my name, alexkajitani at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me through my website, uh, alexkajitani.com, or hit me up on any social media at alexkajitani. And I never want to be the guest who you hear from, and people never hear from them again. So whatever I can do to help, contact me. I answer every email and phone call. And uh, or that's, you know, intentionally sent to me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever I can do to help, let's uh, for everybody listening and watching, let's just be in each other's network for the rest of our careers.
I love it. He is a connector of people. Alex Gadditani, check out his uh, uh, TED Talks. They are powerful, uh, really amazing. We are going to cue this music up. Alex, this has uh, uh, really been fantastic. We're going to shut it down here, uh, show number 167. Again, thanks to Hansy's Cookies uh, for their sponsorship. I'm putting this in front of the mic here. But use that discount code, Murata15. Uh, they're, they're a fantastic company, so we appreciate their support. And here we go. Alex, thanks so much, my friend. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody. All right. We're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond.